Welcome back to Transform Michigan on the Michigan Business Network. I'm your co-host, Angela Waters Austin, and I am here with Mordecai. And we are moving into our last segment of today's podcast. And we've been having a really deep and hopefully you find it thought-provoking conversation about what it would look like if we were to transform systems and policies and practice so that every Michigander wins. And we've been talking about that through the context of economic equity and specifically income inequity in the age of COVID. Mordecai, I want to bring it back to you because you were really breaking down GDP and what that really means on the everyday level, taking it out of the corporate context and what it means for those of us just living our lives every day, going to work. Yeah, you know, one of the things that, you know, we talked about is, is that when we all win, and again, we've been continuing to throw this out because we want our listeners to hear that by 2050 again, as Michigan stands to realize a $92 billion gain in economic output by closing the racial equity gap. But beyond an increase in the economic output, advancing the racial equity gap and you know decreasing that can translate really into meaningful increases in consumer spending, tax revenues, decrease in social service spending, and health-related costs. For example, like in consumer spending alone, closing the racial equity gap in Michigan would generate an additional $1.5 billion in spending on food, $4 billion on housing, and $423 million on apparel, right? $2 billion on automobiles and transportation. And then the last one we like to always talk about is entertainment, $625 million a year on entertainment. And so there's some real takeaways here for closing the gap and really begin to think as a a family that we are going to make sure that everyone wins. Absolutely. And that GDP is everybody's business. What happens, we don't think about the stock markets as having an impact on our lives because it is at a level where we don't realize it. We don't own shares in that in that company. So how does it impact us? It impacts us when you look at what workers what's happening with workers who actually are driving that business, who are actually producing the goods and the services that make sure that the corporation stays healthy. Well, we have to think of our communities the same way. Are we actually investing in our workers in a way that it's actually creating a healthy community, a healthy state? Because what we have been doing isn't sustainable. So how do we actually build systems in such a way that they're actually sustainable And so that everybody wins. And when we say everybody wins, it doesn't mean that everybody has the same thing, looks the same and does the same. It means that what you want out of life, your dream, your Michigan dream is attainable for you, that the obstacles are eliminated. Policy isn't creating pathways that lead some people to success and some people to poverty. We can transform systems in a way that everybody wins according to their own vision and according to their own dreams. And that really is ultimately the American dream, right? Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that um, is, is remarkable and we must remind ourselves is that history does repeat itself. And when we look at the fall of great nations that, you know, that, that came before America, it was this very concept that the winners became the minority and poverty took over. That nation could not empower its citizens. It didn't create the pathway for everyone to win. When we look at the, the fall of Rome, right? It's, it, we're on that same pathway where 
it's like somehow we don't think that poverty will come back to bite us. And, you know, at some point, the poor will rise up and say, this is not my destiny, right? This is, this is not what I was created for. And we hear the cries at One Love Global. We work with those who are crying out for policy equity, for, you know, um, electoral justice, environmental justice, educational justice. We hear the cries and we want to elevate these stories. We want our listeners to know that Michigan is saying we want to rise up and be the global leader that we can be, that we've proven. We've sparked economies around the world. And so, again, you think about the migration from the South, how many of our people came from the South, came north looking for what? Opportunity, looking for public safety, right? Looking for a safe place to raise their families. And through that great migration, guess what happened? Michigan laid the seed bed for success of this nation. I was at the White House prior to COVID, and it was interesting that in some of those high-level conversations, the theme was, so goes Michigan, so goes the nation. That Michigan- I think that's been true. It's always been said about Detroit, but it's bigger than Detroit. Because Absolutely. we have, I mean, this state was born on indigenous communities, indigenous communities in every part of our state. And we have to remember what was already here before the Great Migration. We came into, into abundance. Yeah. And, and just, I think, reclaiming and just remembering and reclaiming the history of who, of who how we all got to Michigan. Like our own, we all have our own migrant stories. Our families share these things. So being able to lift up these stories from every part of Michigan, because we have to understand Michigan is not monolithic. I could go two blocks and I'm in a different city than the one I'm in right now. And I think as we travel around the state of Michigan, there are different stories and different, I think, experience with poverty, different experiences with success. And we need to encompass and to lift up all those stories to really get a sense of who Michigan is, who we all are, and what it's really going to take for us to transform the state together, because it's going to take all of us. I really appreciate, you know, your passion and your love for, you know, just, you know, leaning into this conversation. And I've seen tremendous benefits of just being open-minded to really think about, you know, how we can include others. And uh, just the, the insertion of hope. And so I want to ask you, is it, is it too much? This is the questions that we want to ask and we lift up these stories. Is it too much to ask for all of our citizens to have clean water? Is it too much to ask for all of our children to have the same access to education? Is this too much to ask? Why all of a sudden does it feel like we're pressing on the boundaries? And so these are the questions that we'll be asking, elevating those stories, and again, when we talk about Transform Michigan, we want to think what you think about that. What would it look like if we were to collaborate and work together where we would see systems transformation and policy practice, even in culture, so that everyone wins? The Transform Michigan podcast will elevate these stories and solutions that will awaken possibilities. I'm so glad to be a co-host here at Transform Michigan. Again, my name is Mordecai, a.k.a. Sean Holland. And our wonderful host again, Angela Waters Austin, please take us out. Thank you so much, Mordecai. And thank you for tuning in for the very first episode of Transform Michigan on the Michigan Business Network.